This week on the Chairsofter Show, I am joined by Paul Monaf of Airsoft International as we talk about the Essential Guide to Airsoft Gear, which is a publication they have just released, as well as some information about AI 500 coming back in the near future. So stay tuned to find out more. Cue the music. And you're listening to the Chairsofter Show, your weekly airsoft podcast interviewing retailers, manufacturers, sites and personalities within the airsoft community. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can contact me, facebook.com forward slash the Chairsofter Show, Instagram at the Chairsofter Show, or by email on andy at the Chairsofter Show.co.uk. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode 110, bloody hell, wherever the last three years gone. Uh, joining me this week, I am pleased to introduce Mr. Paul Monaf, the man behind... Airsoft International. Good evening, Paul. Good evening. How are you, Andrew? I'm not bad, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm delighted to have been asked to um, come on your show, so thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for um, coming on the show. Uh, well, you were put in touch with me by uh, one of your, uh, I'd say, colleagues is probably the best way I can describe this, um, regarding a new publication that you guys have come out with, uh, which is the Essential Guide to Airsoft Gear, um, which has come out uh, fairly recently, actually, isn't it? This is pretty new, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Ellie isn't a colleague of mine. She's the marketing manager at Osprey Publishing. And Osprey contacted us about a year ago now uh, and said that they would like to do something with us, but they wasn't quite sure what they wanted to do at the time. So we had numerous meetings with them and the biggest section within Airsoft International, the magazine, is what's now called Kit Up, which is a 10-page feature on how to appear like a particular member of a military force from across the world. Um, And we said that that we felt was the biggest, most red section in the publication on the feedback that we get from our readers. Um, but we also gave them the idea of, of doing a an AEG rifle uh, publication and a pistol one. But they felt the less controversial of the three was the uh, Essential Guide to Airsoft Gear, which is a detailed look at a number of real-world armed forces and how to translate that to the airsoft field using a combination of real equipment and replica equipment. Yeah, I was going to say, I've just got it in front of me now. So uh, it's a, it is an actual book. It's not a, It's not a magazine, which was the biggest surprise when this was sent over to me to have a look at in the first place. Um, obviously, coming from a magazine background at first, I, I was sort of just expecting another magazine that was just as a separate issue as such, like a, if you get what I mean. Yeah, well, um, what, what... What we did was, I mean, Airsoft International is coming up, believe it or not, 17 years old now. So we've got a massive back catalogue. And, and the kit up features ran from volume one, issue one. Yeah. So we went through the whole back catalogue with Osprey and chose 
I think it was about 20 loadouts that we thought would appeal to the masses. Um, that then got whittled down. But rather than using stock imagery that appeared in the publication, because we physically own all this equipment, we did um, several days of just straightforward photography in our studio to give the book a different feel to what you see published in the magazine. Yeah, so uh, I'll just run through, look, looking at this now, you've got 13 chapters here which cover a variety of loadouts throughout the years, um, throughout the decades, in fact, when you look at a couple of them. Um, it's not just all America as well. <laughs> which uh, yeah. I'm sure... I mean, you do get people trying more and more different styles of loadout these days, so it's nice to see some other ones thrown in as well. Exactly, because the, unfortunately the world has just become a sea of multicam. Yeah. Uh, me, who uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of military equipment uh, and clothing it it just morphs into one blur of color so and, and i personally feel it, it's kind of stripped away the uniqueness of of armies military groups across the globe so we start we try to stay away from multicam and, and look at distinct camouflages and loadouts that you can still get your hands on that are still in the general population, but it makes you look different on a skirmish field. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's, it's a great starting point as well for guys that may be new to Airsoft who want to do something a little bit different to the CR Multicam. You've got a nice publication here that can run through different eras and you can do Absolutely. what you want with them. And, it, uh, it's, a it's a reference book because it starts with what is Airsoft uh, how to get involved in airsoft, um, then looks at the basic equipment you'll need. Uh, and we used one of our staff writers, uh, Victoria Trafford, uh, yep. to highlight that. Victoria's actually now left us and gone off and joined the RAF and is uh, just qualified as a young officer. So she's done really, really well. Um, and then jumps into... Um, the loadouts, um, which the first one is US ODA Scud Hunters, obviously that's an historical one, yep. but then it goes right the way through, as you said earlier, different decades of loadouts yeah. um, and, and delivers an in-depth look at the equipment yeah. you can't find, but you can buy it on the replica market and also gives you alternatives because the one thing that I was really guilty of in the first place was being able to afford authentic original kit that was yeah. costing hundreds of pounds. Yeah, it proves, it proves that you don't need to literally just spend all your money on quad precision or 511 or whatever, the stuff that sort of costs four, five, six hundred pounds for a pair of trousers. Absolutely. You can there get are... awesome looking loadouts on a budget. Yeah, and, and that's what we try to do. And that, that's the whole ethos behind Airsoft International as well. Yes, there are expensive pieces of kit out there, and yes, we will review them. But we're also very mindful that the average player has a budget. So we, we pander to the masses and hopefully deliver an insight that people enjoy reading. Yeah, so just, just to give the guys listening an idea of what each sort of chapter covers as such. So I'm, I'm just literally flicking through one now probably not best not to do the Blackhawk download outs because that's about three different ones rolled into one, <laughs> isn't it? I'll be here forever. Yeah, so. 
what we did with Black Hawk Down, I mean, that that's one of the famous loadouts, but yeah. it depends on what side of the fence you sit. Do you sit on the film because the film is actually incorrect mm. or do you look at real world? So rather than saying this runs wrong, this one's right, we, we combine both of them to give people an idea of getting very close to what the Delta mm. guys wore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just look. So I'm just flicking through now. So you've got an introduction to sort of the loadout, and then um, you run through sort of the different sort of camouflages, what they were used or why they were used, and like the best places to get hold of them, and some of the history behind them. So, like for example, here Desert DPM, you run through where that was introduced and how it developed and that over the years and where it was used. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, whereas we did the the, uh, the Delta Scud Hunters yeah. and jumped over to do British Scud Hunters as mm. well, so kind of Bravo 2-0 and yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but the Bravo 2-0 loadout can cost you thousands of pounds mm. because that 72 webbing vest you just cannot get hold of anymore. Or if you do, you're looking at spending quite a lot of money on it. Yeah. So we did, we did some research and found out that um, there's actually a tactical gear company that does a very similar vest. Yeah. And for us and for the airsoft field, not necessarily the, the reenactment market, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. At the, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of, you hear a lot of horror stories from some of the main events that go on, sort of the bigger Milsim events where you hear about people getting, for want of a better term, kit shamed for not having it exactly right. But Absolutely. Um, you don't need to make it exactly right for airsoft. We're, we're literally running around playing soldiers. We're not using this day in, day out in a real world environment as such. And absolutely. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the guys that want to spend thousands of pounds on kit. If they're in the privileged position to do that, then all credit to them. We have a diverse marketplace of readers and yeah. we pander to the masses. So, you know, don't go out and buy, well, if you want to go out and buy a set of Crygem 3s and spend, I don't even know what the cost is now, five, six hundred pounds, or you can buy a replica set for 120 quid. Yeah, it's, 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 it's begging belief that people can still think that you have to have it exactly right when there's no need at the end of the day. Um, you're even, I'm just flicking through, so you've even got shopping lists at the end of them. Um, yeah, it's it's all, it's a buyer's guide, a reference book. Um, to you know, there might not be the loadout in there that, that you want to achieve. You might be able to find that information out by talking to your friends or looking on a, a a Facebook page or a website. That's brilliant. But what we've done is we've condensed it into 144 pages, given it a hard cover, and said, "This is your reference tool." Yeah, um, I'm just having a flick through as well. You even run into how to set up a L119 rifle. Yeah, exactly. That's, um, interestingly, that's Ben Dickey, who's my primary designer. He's been with me for coming up 11 years now. Um, and I think he had three or four L119s. Um, and he's very proud of them, rightly so. And so we put them, we use them in the photography. Uh, and we also thought it would be a good idea to show somebody how to actually achieve building an L119. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's the one thing that you see 
a lot of discussion going on about in the uh, various groups and that how to get that looking just right. So you've yeah. effectively gone in and done all that work into one place, which can save people from going out at the end of the day, going into the groups, asking the same question for the 19,000th time. Yeah, absolutely. Going into it. We don't, I just want to say, we don't pretend that everything that we publish or everything we've put in this book is right. Yeah. Because different degrees of being right. What we've done is put together a lowdown, which we believe is acceptable for an airsoft field. Yeah. You know, if I if I took this book to a bunch of reenactors, they're going to look at it and they will pull it apart. But it's not for them; it's for the airsoft community. And if it gives somebody um, an interest in building their own kit, it's a starting block yeah. or a launch pad to allow them to go in as deeply as they want, or just skim the surface as we had and replicate a basic look that's right for a skirmish field. Exactly. And the beauty of this thing as well is it can appeal to people regardless of their experience level and, and be sure to find something that will appeal to someone that they want to do. And hopefully we'll see more and more of these coming out in the, or loadouts coming out in the next few months. When yeah, we're allowed I mean, to play, obviously when we're allowed to play again in the UK at the moment, it's um, Airsoft's on hold for the foreseeable at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and rightly so. We've got to get COVID under control. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, and airsoft is is a social thing. Um, you can't, in my opinion, run a site and practice social distancing uh, and be uh, COVID secure. Um, take the AI 500. It would be mm. ridiculous to try and put 500 people on a site without having any COVID distancing or being COVID secure yeah so that's why we didn't run the AI 500 last year but as soon as we've got the ability to and we can put on a game safely that's not going to put any of our, our players in harm's way um we'll be back running those again yeah exactly and we'll, we'll come on to that towards the end of this but for now we'll focus on the book um yeah, so Let's talk about the team behind it. Obviously, you mentioned Victoria. Um, yeah. Who else was involved? We have several uh, freelancers, staff writers, if you will, that, that we draw on. So in no particular order, uh, Ben Dickey enjoys dressing up and letting me take pictures of him. Um, Dave Porter, Jason Green. Um, then we've got Victoria. Uh, and and several other people that have all come to our studio and I dress them up, take photographs, deliver them to Ben and Ben works his magic and, and puts the features together. Cool. So, so how much research had to go into figuring all these loadouts? I can imagine for some of the items in there that you've had to find the replicas of, it was a multi-hour search of the deep dark web to try and find something that it, it is and it isn't because we've got a lot of advertisers that have been with airsoft international for a long time i've got a very deep pull or pool of companies that i can draw from mm -hmm. so we're working on a couple of loadouts going forward um for the magazine um they're going to take about two months to facilitate but i will go to TMC, who is an advertiser, 
and mm. say, this is what the guy were, were in the real, real world. Can you deliver out of your inventory what you've got as replica kit? And they will deliver everything that I need from a, a, a vest point of view, a pouch point of view, sling point of view, backpack point of view. Then I might go to, say, Military First, for instance, mm. and ask them to deliver the clothing. Uh, with Russian loadouts, it's always going to grey shop and asking them for an alpha group loadout a spetsnatz loadout etc etc and they're gladly deliver that into us so we can we can put all this together then we sit down believe it or not we actually plan the magazine on a monthly basis and we plan the book so we'll sit down uh, on a skype call normally on um monday nights just after we put one magazine to bed and we'll, we'll look at what's coming in for review what the next kit up feature is have you got this piece of kit where should we get that piece of kit can we achieve that do we need to build something um and then all the components come together um we pride ourselves in having a fully functional studio and we go off into the studio well, before lockdown we went off into the studio and spent half a day taking a myriad of pictures in different lighting settings uh, and then delivering them to Ben who would put them all together. Mm. This is another thing I was going to come on to. So with the situation we've had in the last year, how difficult was it to put something like this together? This was actually all done before the first lockdown. So we were fine. We, we delivered, we knew when it was going to happen. And rather than it hang around our necks, we just went right. These are the loadouts that we think will work in the book. Mm. What do you think? Um, in this case, Marcus, who was our editor at Osprey, yeah. he looked at them and went, that one's a bit controversial. That one works. Not sure about that one. And then we came up with the list that appeared in, in, the, in, in the book. And then we went, OK, we're going to re-photograph it because we don't just want to pull it from the archives of Airsoft International. Mm. We we photographed it. The words were already there. The research is 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 quite straightforward. In some cases, we're talking directly to the units because we publish military magazines anyway. Mm. So we have friends and press contacts within the MOD, serving uh, members of special force groups throughout the world, soldiers throughout the world. So we draw on their experience. And in a lot of cases, we actually deliver the photography to them and ask them what they think. And they, they go to us, yeah, that pouch is a bit iffy or, you know, my guys don't stand like that or that gun's wrong or should have done something with that holster. So it's kind of like a work in progress. But because we've been doing it for 17 years now, we're pretty confident that, we get all of the components together from a number of sources. And then we just go in a studio, bang out the photography, put the word document and the photography together and the book's delivered. Happy days, happy days. So this is now on sale. It is, uh, went on sale a couple of days ago, actually. Brilliant, so where can people get a hold of this if they wanna have a look? Okay, well, the one thing, and, and I just wanted to touch on something, the one thing that this book does is give Airsoft International another extension to its brand. Yeah. As magazine publishers, we are really restricted on where people can buy magazines. Yeah. 
WH Smiths, for example, in the UK, Borders, Books A Million in America, and, and throughout Europe, other, other outlets. What this book does, it goes into um, places like Foils, Waterstones, um, Amazon, um, it's good. It's a good read.com. So it, it goes to audiences that we cannot influence because we do not have a route to market. So it opens up a whole new layer of exposure for airsoft, essentially, to places that we can't get to as publishers. Awesome. So, so you'll find it in a good bookstore on Amazon. Absolutely. Uh, and on eBay. I found it's on sale on eBay on quite a few of them, actually. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good news. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's well well available and easy yeah, to get hold of. That, uh, Osprey know what they're doing. They're, they're part of the Bloomsbury group. They're, they're a massive book publishers. They approached us. We're delighted to work with them. Um, and this is one of possibly three or four airsoft books that will come out over the next couple of years with them. Cool. So... Keep watching this space, guys. Um, if you know someone who's new to Airsoft, definitely worth a look for them. Uh, I've got a copy as well, so if you know me and you want to have a read through, you can. Just give me a shout and I'll lend it out to you. Um, yeah, and we're also, uh, oh, sorry, not we, but Osprey are running uh, a giveaway uh, in February where they're going to give away, I think it's five copies on our Facebook page and five pay copies on our Instagram page. Cool, and we'll get those social media details at the end. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth dipping into them and um, entering. You never know, you might win a book. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, it, is, a, it is actually a really good read, guys. I, I, I've read through it over the last couple of weeks. Um, i trying to remember if this turned up before or after Christmas, but I know I've read it over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and who knows, I may even be trying to do something a bit different and a bit new. I mean... Let's be honest, I've got well, a myriad of riffs downstairs, so I'm bound to find something that will work. If we can influence you, there's hope for us, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like we said earlier, you, you tend to go out and you tend to see the sea of either the old green DPM uh, or from sort of surplus stores. Because let's be honest, it's a nice, cheap, cost-effective way to get into and Airsoft. easiest way to get yeah. into Airsoft. I mean, just before lockdown and at the AI500... Um, which I know you've attended, we, we've yeah. seen see guys turning up with trainers, hoodies and a pair of jeans on. If that's how they want to play airsoft, absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with that. But then there's other guys that want that bit of immersion. Um, yeah. And if that means living their fantasy as a member of a special forces group or whatever, mm. who are we to say that's wrong? And, and we encourage that because it's all about fantasy. That's exactly. what we at the end of the day, we're, we're dressing up on a weekly basis as soldiers and shooting each other with toy guns. That's that's all we do at the end of the day. So it is what you want to put into it. You know, you see the people that will spend however many thousands of pounds on night vision. It's not for everyone. In fact, no. it's not for a lot of people because of the amount of money that you have to sink into but, it for you know, a decent the, unit. The, the, there are the guys out there that, first of all, can afford to do that. Yeah. It enhances their game. They love yeah. what they're doing. So why not? There's There's... No two yeah. people the same in airsoft, and yeah. and that's why the industry is so brilliant because it's such a diverse, yeah. uh, deep marketplace that um, it, it it just 
makes the airsoft world go around, really. Yeah. And and for all those people that are going to go, oh, you're bashing me because I've got night vision. Don't worry. As soon as I've got the money to get some, I'm bloody buying some to put on my PTSM tech. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I actually get motion sickness with night vision, so I won't be buying any. Fair enough. It's uh, I mean, it's like you said. You know, it's not for everyone as well. You like there are people who can't use it for whatever reason. Um, but you know, the PTSM tech that's a great bit of kit and one of the best investments I've made at the end of the day. So I'm literally strapping expensive stuff onto it. <laughs> Absolutely. And why not? And as I said before, if you can afford to do it, go for it. Yeah. If you can't and you want to turn up in ID, perfect. Do that. Although it did cost an absolute fortune in shipping for the Unity tactical mounts to get over from the States. Bloody hell, that was $180 in shipping. Yeah. And, and sadly, airsoft is expensive like any yeah. hobby that there's different levels of immersion yeah. as i've said there's different levels of play a guy will turn up to a site with an mp5 and a box mag that's fine exactly you might not like what you see yeah but that's what he enjoys so you just run with it yeah and then, and then like you said you get to ai 500 and you just see people playing how they want to play at the end of the day um yeah. one of my favorite memories was at the first one when it was just this was at Cleethorpes and there was sort of the old, one of a better term, monorail thing that was running round and you had the old water slides down at one bottom end and there was a big, long, open stretch of grass. Oh, I know, yeah. And um, my mate Aidan, I'll never forget it. We, we were at the top of that shooting into the wind on the first day, I think it was, uh, when it was absolutely pissing it down with rain. It was a horrendous day. And, you know, we're just about at the edge of the range of the guys with the snipers down the bottom. My mate Aiden come out and upset them all with his um, HPA RPK and was just outranging them. And we just went, right, get some fire down there. And he was shooting into wind and outranging the snipers. And it was moments like that. You just saw guys in absolute hysterics, not playing the game because they were just too busy laughing at these snipers getting mown down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we, we launched the AI 500 because we didn't want to be the second biggest game in the UK. We didn't want to be the... The, the biggest CQB game in Europe. We just wanted to put a game together that we would enjoy playing. Um, and I think that comes out in the style of play we have. And and the guys that keep on coming back to us religiously year in, year out, after 17 years of running, or sorry, 15 years of running the event. I was going to say, there was a time where there didn't seem to be any games going on for a while. I think you took a bit of a break from it, didn't you, for a while? Yeah, basically what happened was we ran the very first AI 500 in America, um, in Florida, in fact. Um, That was challenging uh, because there were three of us full-time at the time. Um, So we worked with a couple of American, they called themselves production companies as opposed to airsoft organisers. And it went really well. We had over 800 people there. It was bloody hard work, but everybody enjoyed themselves. Uh, we came back into the UK and we were going to hire um, Essex Hospital, I think it was, Romford Hospital. Um, we hired it from the developer. Um, we had 700 players booked in, yeah. but then the council got hold of it and stopped it. So we had to um, obviously give all the players the money back. We ran a very, very small game um, up at um, a site that I forgot the name of. It was one of um, first and only sites. Um, And then we decided just 
to take a breath and see what was going on because we're not game organizers, we're magazine publishers. Yeah. And then we got bombarded by people going, where's the AF500? Why aren't you running it? We love it. So we, we've run it ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I went to the Turk Cleethorpes and the one at the disused bomb dump near RAF Wittering, I believe yes. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Wittering because I remember the Harrier. Um, in fact, there's, yeah, there's a story I'll tell you about afterwards with that one. Um, but yeah, they, they were great events. And I mean, at the end of the day, you get the people to turn up and take it seriously. But a lot of the time, you just see people just having a laugh. And one of my favorite memories from one of the videos that came out of that actually, I believe, was Den Chapman. And um, he was in a firefight at Cleethorpes the second time. And um, he's literally just run along. These guys have hit him after he's gone mental and runs headfirst into him, charging in. It's and, it's and just... then he's just gone. Wait there, I'll be back and gone back and got him. And he's he's just he, he was like exactly what I expected to see at that event. Just got like you see it's a lot fun. of YouTube videos that will cause controversy or whatever, rightly or wrongly. We won't mention any names of individuals on the show. But he, he literally just showed going out to a game, having a laugh. It was what it was. And Absolutely. that was it. And that's what we try and instill in the games. Yes, there, it's a weekend event. Um, yes, there's an o- overriding mission. There's loads of side missions you can play at your own pace and your own level. But above all, it's people having fun with friends. Um, you know, very few times I've gone to a site and heard somebody call, oh, well done, mate, good shot. Mm. Normally it's, um, that guy's not taking his hits in those bushes. But in reality, the guy's falling 10 minutes, ten metres short and five metres yeah. wide of the guy's position. Guys call themselves out, even if they suspect they've been hit. And, and we try to instil that in them. It's a 10-minute walk back to safe zone. Go and have a drink, come back into the game. Yeah, um, And they love it. I've not seen one incidence of cheating at the AI 500. Mm. Does it go on? I'm sure it does, but none of, none of it's been brought to my attention yeah. and we never have that complaint. This is the thing as well, you know, a lot of times you'll hear complaints of cheating at events, regardless of size, but unless you're telling the staff that are there that there are these incidents, how can they deal with it? How can you Absolutely. approach it? And that's something that we make very clear in our yeah. briefings. We, you know, we're all standing on a podium. They know us. We're wearing high-vis vests. Yeah. And I, I say, if there's a problem, come and tell us. We can't fix it when you're sitting at home in front of a keyboard going, yeah. I didn't like this event because. If yeah, you come exactly. and tell me you don't like the event because and we can change it and make you happier, then we will. Yeah, and you had guys from coming from all over as well, didn't you? In fact, our team commander from the green team at the um, at the bomb dump was he Dutch? Uh, Belgian? Yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah, he's Dutch. Uh, yeah. No, he's, he comes from Belgium. Sorry, Tim, he comes from Belgium. He's not Dutch. Um, we get some Dutch teams coming over. We've had some in the early days. We had some teams from America come over, um, all over the place, all over the UK. Uh, and throughout Europe as well. But the events do sell out really, really quickly. Um, you mentioned Cleve Forks, the first one sold out in 15 minutes. Yeah. 
um, and that was we actually opened up the capacity to allow another hundred in because we only wanted four hundred people there, but because of our phones were going crazy and people were literally demanding, I'm not going to say begging, but demanding that they they could play. Yeah. We we sat down very quickly and went, let's let another hundred people in. And what a weekend it was! I got to say, <laughs> it, it was it was good fun. But it, that's not a primary business; it's an extension to the brand. It's yeah, exactly. It's a way, it's a way for the sponsors like uh, Viper Tactical, um, New Pro, uh, who was uh, Thomas Jacks, um, and several other brands that I forgot that can interact with their audience, our readers, our players. Yeah. Um, and it's instant feedback from them because I, I saw the guys at Viper Tactical giving kit out to a couple of players again. Run, run with it, see what you think. Come back and tell me what what you think of that new pouch or that new vest. Um, and that's great. It, it's interaction. It's interaction. Yeah. And they've got a captive audience of over five hundred players for a weekend. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna I was gonna come on to that because you have the for want of a better term the village. The shopping village going on at these events as well. So, yeah, like absolutely. you said, you get the retailers coming from all over. You get the companies coming and showcasing their products to people from all over as well. To name a few, you had ASG, ICS, um, Viper, New Pro. Yeah, um, they're just the ones I can think of off the top of my yeah, head at the moment. The the retailer there um, yeah. Matt did a, a brilliant job for us he actually ran out halfway through the weekend of stock so yeah he had to go home and get more stock and he had a lot of stock there yeah uh, yeah I could tell but it's, it's definitely something I'm excited to see so are you able to give out any hints of anything happening with regards we've, to that we've got two events or two venues should I say which are unique venues lined up um, we lined them up just before the first lockdown, COVID hit, and unfortunately we had to um, postpone them as as the world has gone on a, a pause at the moment. Um, as soon as this COVID pandemic is over, um, we're itching to go live with them. They sell quicker than the last Clee Forbes. We're actually considering opening them up to even more than than 500 players yeah. one of them you'll lose a thousand players in a third of it no, uh, it's going to be awesome to see because yeah the guys who are listening don't know that we actually had a slight discussion about this beforehand and i know what's coming and boy oh boy am i excited and yeah, and I, never knew that, I never knew that you came to our events that's crazy you should have come up and said hello yeah i mean like i said to you when we were chatting earlier it was about what three four years ago now yeah, I think, that, I think that, it might have it, even been before this started. So you're looking at four years ago because we're coming up to the third birthday of this now. Unfortunately, yeah, the patches are out of reach, so I can't go and see the date on the Newtown one. Yeah, it must be four years ago Cleethorpes was run. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. So it was probably Cleethorpes was going on, and then I'd just started this for the Newtown one because that was quite. In fact, yeah, I think that was 2018. Yeah, and then after Nuketown, we had uh, Ancaster Leisure. I don't know if you attended that one. No, I didn't, no, because it, it was a bit up and down with that one, I remember, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> Not yeah. necessarily on the air. Ancaster Leisure, great site, great bunch of people. 
carting, clubhouse, hot food, band. Mm. Um, the site was really good. But you had that problem. It was a painful site first and foremost and not a dedicated or unique site. Yeah. And that's what the patrons of the AI 500 or the players of, of the AI 500 want. They want virgin territory that has yeah. never been played before. Yeah, boy, oh boy, did you provide that at Cleethorpes. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll call it a day there. Uh, it'll be good to see AI 500 coming back. Um, like I said as well, great publication that you've given us here. Thank you, Andrew. Um, it's well worth a read to everyone listening, regardless of how long you've been playing. There's sure to be something in there for you. Like I said, if you know me and you want to have a read, give me a shout, and when it's sort of COVID-safe, We'll, we'll let you have a read. Um, Absolutely. You know, all we can do is we try our best. 17 years ago when I launched a magazine, I thought I'd have a nice little cottage business, pay me a couple of hundred quid a month um, so I could keep my wife happy on buying all this, you know, a product for Airsoft. And then 17 years later, we published four magazines and are the only printed Airsoft magazine commercially available in throughout Europe and the world. And it's, it's great to see. And it's, it's um, definitely, like I said, have a read, have a look, and obviously read the magazine as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, right. Where can people get in touch with you for our social media or however? Okay, well, um, on our Facebook page, um, where Airsoft International You'll know it's us because we've got over 500,000 followers on there. Um, we're not really Instagrammers, mm. so we tend to concentrate on uh, Facebook because it works really, really well for us. Um, our website is ai-meg.com, and all of our contact details are there. I will say one thing. We've had a number of calls to buy the book directly from us. And unfortunately, we don't sell the publication. It's Osprey. Um, so if you jump onto their um, website um, and just type in Airsoft Gear or Airsoft Guide, you'll find it. Or just do a Google search uh, and it will come up with a number of places you, that you can buy the book from. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time tonight, Paul. No, it's been my um, pleasure. Thank you, Andrew. And thank you very much for the book. I'm definitely going to have to have a go at one of these now. Um <laughs> Give me a shout if you get stuck and I'm sure we can help you out. I, I, I will, don't you worry. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Um, so yeah, once again, rounding up the episode, thanks again to Paul for the time. Uh, in the meantime, that's it from me for this week. Take care of each other. I would say take your hits, but there's no point at the moment. <laughs> no, no, there's no point. Unless you've been having a snowball fight in your back garden, in which case then take your hits from the last few days. But yeah, look after each other. Stay safe and I'll speak to you next time on the Chairs Off the Show. Take care. Bye for now.